The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. As soon as possible sounds awfully urgent, but it tends to deflate any plans you have to get things done quickly. Because it isn't a concrete deadline, it allows you to let a project slip into the indefinite future. Setting a concrete date and time to finish a project is essential to organizing your time properly. This is the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kavnat, and it's Monday. So are you looking forward to the week? You got any big things you're working on? Any projects that are due? If you do have any deadlines coming up, you know they can be stressful, but they can also be motivating. That ticking clock is sometimes just what it takes to get you off your butt. Christopher Cox noticed the power of time pressure in his life in the magazine world. He's the former chief editor of Harper's Magazine and executive editor of GQ. He had to set deadlines and meet deadlines for pieces that won Pulitzer Prizes and National Magazine Awards. And he wondered if that power could be leveraged in other parts of his life too. He wondered what would happen if he created deadlines even where none really existed. Christopher's book is called The Deadline Effect, How to Work Like It's the Last Minute Before the Last Minute. And he joins us now to share some of the big ideas. When I tell people I've written a book about deadlines, I'm often met with sheepish confessions of various failures. Projects abandoned, novels left unfinished, work assignments submitted at the last minute with basic sloppy errors. These poor souls are not alone. The psychologist George Ainsley called procrastination the basic impulse. It's a human flaw as fundamental as the shape of time. It afflicts all of us, and 20% of adults consider themselves chronic procrastinators. I've come to think that the first step toward becoming more effective at meeting deadlines is to relinquish the guilt we feel about procrastination. Dwelling on our failures can create a self-perpetuating cycle. Instead, we need to think of ways to keep ourselves on schedule without relying on our willpower alone. Thankfully, self-discipline can come not from some overhaul of your psychology, but from establishing external checks on your behavior. Think about how Odysseus overcame the lure of the siren's song. He didn't try to resist it on his own. He ordered his sailors to bind him to his ship's mast. The worst deadline you can set is as soon as possible. As soon as possible sounds awfully urgent, but it tends to deflate any plans you have to get things done quickly. Because it isn't a concrete deadline, it allows you to let a project slip into the indefinite future. Setting a concrete date and time to finish a project is essential to organizing your time properly. I saw this again and again while researching my book, both in my reporting on the ground at places like Airbus, the Public Theater, and Telluride Ski Resort, and in the extensive academic literature on time management. One quick example from the academic side of things. Several years ago, the behavioral scientists Amos Tversky and Elder Shafir conducted a simple experiment. They offered students $5 for filling out a long questionnaire and returning it to them. One group of students had five days to complete the assignment. Another had no deadline. The results were unambiguous. The students with the deadline were more than twice as likely to finish the questionnaire and get the $5. Once you've embraced the idea of setting a concrete deadline, you need to decide how much time to give yourself. The answer, of course, will vary from project to project, 
But there's one vital thing to keep in mind. All else being equal, shorter deadlines are more effective than longer ones. This is a sort of corollary to the as-soon-as-possible rule. If you give yourself too much time to get something done, you're more likely to procrastinate rather than getting right down to work. You might even fail to finish the project altogether. There was an ingenious experiment that tested this premise. In a paper called Procrastination of Enjoyable Experiences, Suzanne Shu and Ayelet Nizi wrote about what happened when people were given two different deadlines to claim a free slice of cake. One group was given a coupon for the cake that expired in three weeks. The other was given a coupon good for two months. To nearly everyone's surprise, it was the group with a shorter deadline that ended up eating more slices of free cake. Indeed, they were five times more likely to use their coupons before they expired. Okay, you set a deadline, and maybe you've been a bit aggressive with it, hoping to take advantage of the extra power provided by a short deadline. But what if you're still worried that you might miss your target date? In that case, you should add enforcement mechanisms to your deadlines. Because, while it's true that even self-imposed deadlines are effective motivators, sometimes we need to employ every trick in the book to stop ourselves from procrastinating. The easiest way to do this is to use what I call a soft deadline with teeth. That's a deadline that you set before your real deadline, but you add teeth to it by bringing other people into the process. So if you have, say, a presentation due at the end of the month, tell a colleague or two that you'd like to preview it for them a week early. That will help ensure you're ready well before the final due date and give yourself time to revise based on their feedback. I saw this happen at Telluride Ski Resort. As much as 20% of Telluride's yearly revenue comes from the week between Christmas and New Year's. That is, in a sense, the resort's real deadline. But to make sure that they were operating at full speed by that date, they committed to opening each year at Thanksgiving. That was a soft deadline. There would only be a few skiers on the mountain that day, but it had teeth because these were real paying customers and the resort would not want to disappoint them. For big projects with many moving parts, you will probably need to break up your work into smaller segments. Interim deadlines are a reliable way to ensure steady progress toward your final goal. They also provide an opportunity to stop and assess how things are going and make changes as necessary. I saw this strategy in action when I spent several weeks with Chef John George von Gerichten, who has won multiple Michelin stars and operates more than 40 restaurants around the world. I got to watch as John George opened a new restaurant called The Fulton on the waterfront in Lower Manhattan. In the weeks before opening night, he would stage daily mock services, staff-only meals that grew steadily in size and ambition, starting with just 20 employees, then 30, then 40. Each time, John George and his team got to fine-tune the menu, teach the wait staff the pronunciation of obscure menu items, and diagnose any bottlenecks in the operation. The goal was to ensure that no diners would have to suffer through the restaurant's growing pains. And indeed, by the time it opened to the public, everything at the Fulton was running flawlessly, thanks to those interim deadlines. Thank you, Christopher. Okay, everyone, I've got to run. I'm on deadline to get tomorrow's show to you. I'm going to go edit some audio I got from a doctor named Amy Shaw, who's been doing research into cravings. You know, those devilish sensations that sabotage your efforts to eat healthy. Her book is called I'm So Effing Hungry, Why We Crave, What We Crave, and What to Do About It. You can actually hear that today if you've got the Next Big Idea app. If you don't, check it out in the App Store. I'm Michael Kovnett. See you tomorrow.